Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday night! It's a little bit late. Boomer here! Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the prolific commenter himself, Zilius. Word up! Now, just a bit of uh, information here. The Thursday Night Hangout is a weekly live show for you. We take your comments, topics, questions, and try our best to cover them with you during this show. If you didn't get to submit your topic, question, etc., have no fear. You could drop it in the chat, and we will add it to the show. If, unfortunately, we run out of time, we will add it to the next show, as we have to do for one of the questions tonight. Isn't time infinite anyway, so we can always edit on to the next show? I don't know, Zelius. You just said you have to go by 9.15, so time but is time finite, is a sir. infinite continuum that will then continue into the next week. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, the first story, uh, which I think hit Zelius super-duper hard, was the fact that the publisher Anmas, uh, the, the, the publishing company behind the, the, game, the MMO Terra, has announced that they will be shutting down. I remember, I mean, about, it would have been about 10 years ago, I was actually really heavy into Rift at the time. And at the time, Terra Online, when it was first being like talked about, it was like one of the first Western published action RPG MMOs. Um, so at the time, it was this huge big deal because we were all so used to like, you know, tap target. Like, everybody came from World of Warcraft and um, EverQuest, and then we were playing Rift, so everybody is so used to the tab-target MMOs. Uh, see a pokey? That when Terra was in talks, like, it was all the rage because it was, like, a different type of MMO for all your MMO-holics. Right. Um, it was a decent game. I mean, Terra wasn't bad. I played it for a bit, actually off and on over the years. I'd kind of dive in back every once in a while, so... It was a good game, but it's just, you know, it's hard to have a MMO that lasts that long. Because you think about it, like most games, MMOs aside, it's not like you're playing for like years and years and years. Um, and MMOs are really the outliers because it's almost like they're always coming out with like a new version of that game every couple of years with their expansions. True. Um, and I guess maybe Terra didn't do the best job. I don't know. Um so it wasn't a bad game, but they also had a lot of competition in that realm as far as the action RPG MMO goes. So it sounded like they were the other flavor to play in that. So, so. just 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 for uh, background sakes, uh, for those out there who don't know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the MMO Terra actually came to North America and Europe in 2012. And within a year, it went to free to play. Uh, it... There is versions of it on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. But apparently, those versions are buggy as hell. And about, let's say, three years ago... I didn't know there was a console version, actually. Three years ago, uh, there was basically 25 million players worldwide who were playing Terra. But... Uh, yeah, I was going to actually, like... They throw out the number, 25 million. You always wonder, is that actually, like... Really, actually, simultaneous? Probably not. It's probably yes. like the number of subscriptions at that time. Well, that could be too. But uh, but uh, within, I guess, like the last year, you're looking at a daily concurrent player number of about a thousand. Yep, that's a little bit of a change. So, uh, for those out there who are playing Terra, uh, there is some news coming in the 
the next couple, uh, couple of weeks that will describe what the fate of the game is. However, there have been hints that the, the game will continue to be supported, uh, just not by on Moss, who is uh, closing their doors. Interesting. Speaking of closing their doors... Um, My door's closed, right? No, I hope so. Uh, okay. There is a company out there for that's basically been in the PC business for 35 years. Then, of course, it's Toshiba. And they have finally sold the last uh, bit of their shares to Sharp. So Toshiba is now out of the PC business. Uh, And Sharp has taken their entire chunk. And Sharp has uh, changed, well, their, their, I guess their laptop name is uh, Dynabook. I mean, Toshiba's used to be tanks. I remember they had like the big, thick notebooks is what they were known for. Well, I mean, when when you look, um, I think, let's see here. Toshiba's share of the PC market had dwindled from its 2011 peak of 17.7 million PCs sold to yep. about uh, 2017, it was 1.4 million. A little bit of a difference. Well, um, it got crowded. It's like a no, shit ton of... A t- it's a tough marketplace right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got, you know... Your PCs, you got your Chromebooks, and the Chrome devices have taken a decent chunk of that. Yep. And the reality is, a lot of people for their computing, they're using, well, probably like the iPad or a Surface Pro tablet, but they're using, you know, these devices now yep. instead of like the PC in the traditional way. Yep. Um, I mean, there will always be a place for the home computer PC, but its place in the home has definitely changed over the last couple of you know really 10 years with the proliferation of tablets and mobile devices right but the the thing is that you know uh toshiba was you know one of the the first guys out of the gate when it came to laptops i mean they had um it's like 20 years ago they had uh oh what was it um let's see here had an internal rechargeable battery a 3.5 inch floppy disk 256k of memory. <laughs> 1985. That's big time, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. But you know, times and have changed. Now more power than that on a tiny little Arduino. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. It is indeed. So I mean, you know, uh, to be honest with you, Toshiba and and there's like several labels from you know our our past that really, you know, they've kind of disappeared because you know, your competition's really changed. Hmm? The IBM ThinkPads. Yeah, man. Those were like the true indestructible tanks of the laptops. Um, If you wanted a sold laptop that you knew would just be able to take a beating and keep on a ticking, that was the bad boy. None of these fancy aluminum edges or sleek aerodynamic aerodynamic designs. Nope. It was just a big hunk of solidly built plastic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the good plastic wasn't like that cheap Chromebook plastic. It was like the hey, plastic. Some Chromebooks, you could like... some Chromebooks actually have a, a, a metal case. Thank you very much. Oh, there you go. You but got most the fancy of them, Chromebook. Well, I'll tell you about it later. Oh, uh, but you know, it's they were the good, like solidly built laptops that just nigh indestructible. And they had like the little nub mouse too, which was always interesting. I hated that damn thing. I remember playing I hated it. this Come old on. video game called Knox. Yeah, the nub trackpad. I've got, I've got, um, I've got the discs in the house. Yeah, no, I played that with the nub. 
many, many eons ago. I hate that stupid nub. It had its use, though. Like What? It's to annoy the shit for. out of you in the middle of your keyboard? Well, you just had to learn to work with it, man. It was like easy access. Boom, right there. Within, I got the nub. Within a short amount of time, I always had that thing... N- it the the freaking pointer would just start dancing around the screen by itself like it was possessed. Well, you just gotta learn to type, apparently. No, like I take my hands away from the thing, and and the the mouse is still going. Mm. So I'd have to disable the damn thing. I think your big hands got issues, bro. Well, yeah, of course. Um, now speaking of issues, ladies and gentlemen, this is a story that continues to evolve, and that of course is uh, Epic Games versus. Apple versus and Google. This saga, this that saga, all those poor people could sit back and laugh at. So, uh, just for those out there who don't know, it is a sixty-page complaint uh, for each uh, for Apple and uh, Google separately. Sixty um, versus sixty. Who would win? So basically, uh, what uh, Epic Games is trying to do is that they are claiming both companies' app stores are monopolies. On their own devices. Is there any other app store you can get on the Apple or Android? You know, it's kind of funny because, like, my Xbox only has one app store. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And so does my PlayStation. Well, I don't have a PlayStation. So, but, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I know which you're side fine. you're on, sir. Um, anyways, uh, so, of course, you know, Epic's going, you know, it's Monopoly. Screw you guys. And, of course, Google and Apple are going, look, y'all violated uh, our guidelines by announcing a way for players to buy in-game currency outside the proprietary pay systems. Yep. Um, so, um, now, of course, Apple and Google really haven't said much about um, the suit, although they did both point out that their guidelines are aimed to at all developers to keep the store safe from security risks. And so that's why they take a chunk, or that's, you know, kind of what they took a chunk for. Um, so, but here's, but of course, here's here's the curveball, potential curveball for some people out there, because you're thinking, okay, Epic's got to be making, you know, it's got to be expecting some crazy ass amount of money if they win, right? Yep. They're not asking for any money. They are asking the court to end Apple and Google's allegedly anti-competitive con- conduct, and that's it. Well, you missed the bigger news, man. What's that? That Apple's cutting off Epic from its uh, tools for Unreal Engine. Like, Apple's going full, like, nuclear annihilation. Yeah. And well, it's because of that. It's because of the the uh, the promo that they threw out as soon as the the lawsuit came out. Yeah, where so they've escalated from just Fortnite to now basically saying, "Well, Fortnite, you want to play that game? We're, mean Epic. Or Epic, you, you want to play that game? Well, guess what? We're actually going to cut off your developer access to the App Store, um, which obviously um epic had a response basically you've done irreparable harm because yep. they affect other games because yep. it's not just you know they're, they're not part of affected. the um uh, so that's the like apple went full on like okay we'll just cut epic off altogether. okay so um so let's break it down a little bit more here so at present um there's a uh android the 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 os 
created and owned by Google, controls about 85.4% of the global operating system marketplace. Apple has about 14.6%. Okay, that basically, you know, covers, that would be 100%. There's no way that it's, well, it's probably close to that. There's probably some other offbeat stuff that's just, you know, like point zero 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 zero. You still have like the old people with like the old Nokias, the old Windows phones, just very few, but a few. But yeah, anyways. So, um, so okay, so you look at the, that mass market share, right? And uh, as many probably know, uh, the app stores take a, a 30% cut of the revenue for any in-app purchases. Uh, now, of course, there's been tons of um, uh, developers over time basically saying, you know, this is this is going this is taking a huge chunk out of our profits. How the hell are we supposed to survive? Because you know, a lot of the smaller developers they're trying to do the multi uh, the the in-game transaction as well, so they can maybe continue to to play. Of course, you know, you've also got the big guys who are trying to steal money. Anyways, so. Um, Apple, of course, doesn't allow outside apps to be downloaded on its device. Yep. Uh, and neither Apple nor Google uh, allow for uh, apps that basically circumnavigate their payment system. Yep. Now, um, some may remember that Epic originally did not submit their Fortnite to the Google Play Store uh, because Google actually allows for outside apps to be downloaded on Android devices. However, apparently it was a nightmare. And so they finally like, all right, fine. Google Play Store. Um, so yeah, I think in order to do that, you basically have to sideload the app onto your Android device, which is of course a great vector for getting like malware and viruses. Yep. Um, so I know over the years, Google's really kind of locked sideloading down. You can still do it, but they basically put up so many notifications and security pop-ups and yeah, other software like, restrictions. Don't do this or your device will explode. And Epic um, Epic kept to that strategy for 18 yep. months and then finally they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. Now, if you want to get a um a breakdown of how much money was spent in 2019 for both the Apple App Store, yeah, Apple App Store, mm -hmm. and the Google Play Store. Uh, I will give you those numbers. Ooh, uh, I want the numbers. Give me the numbers. In 2019, it is thought that uh, $61 billion of digital goods and services were purchased through the Apple's App Store. Uh, $61 billion, if you were to take 30% of that, it's, it's $18.3 billion. The Google Play Store... Uh, has been uh, basically the the estimate was about thirty billion dollars, which is nine billion, uh, the thirty percent chunk taken away. That's not too shabby. No, it's not at all. So, uh, Epic, of course, uh, their lawsuit is your y'all are a monopoly. You you need to change. So, <laughs> what they're going to try to do? <laughs> the so there's a lot of legal experts out there who are trying to figure out exactly how they're going to go about this. The first thing is they want, um, Epic is going to need to define the marketplace as narrow as possible to make it really, really look bad, uh, for Apple and Google. If they can do that, then they're in a good, 
you know, in good position. But if Apple and Google uh, basically allow for a broader interpretation of what a market is, then mm-hmm. Apple and Google probably win. Now, um, so Epic is probably going to go over the fact that Apple owns about 1 billion devices, and there's no other way to hit those 1 billion devices. Now, that is about 13.3% of the global market share of the phone market, which, you know, a billion devices sounds like a huge number until you actually take it into context, and it's only, you know, it's less than, I don't know, just over, was well, 13%. It's less than 100%. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, there's the argument that um, a- Apple or Google will say that that fee uh, pays for running the App Store and reviewing apps to ensure they are not security risks. Which costs billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Uh, now, uh, some of the, the possible outcomes, of course. Uh, the first one is Epic wins. If Epic wins, uh, the 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 um, the thought is Apple and Google would be ordered to allow developers to sell in-app purchases without ha- giving them a cut of the money. Mm. Um, it could also lead to uh, a ruling that Apple and Google are prohibited from bundling payment services with their app stores, which would allow which. This is this would be you know a real kick to the pants for Apple and Google that would allow developers to be paid directly. Ah yes. Um, or of course you know the more likely scenario is that if Epic was about to win, Apple and Google would probably settle out of court and then quietly you know finagle some of their wording so uh, so they don't get into. That's trouble. my guess is that's the most likely outcome. Oh God yes. Yes. You're, you're talking about a couple of big, you know, gi- uh, giant companies basically swinging their dicks around. It's it's going to be settled out of court. They're not going to go through court. Yeah, they're not going to because, yeah, unless like Apple and Google both are like feel 100 percent they're going to win. They stand to lose a lot more by even the one percent chance of losing this court case than they do than just settling it. Well, from my understanding, uh, Epic has pulled on a. Um, uh. In, in their corner, they have a lawyer who ran the Justice Department's antitrust division during the Obama administration. Well, I mean, I would say Epic is at least, you know, crossing their T's and dodging their I's. Um, they're I in still, it to win it, baby. I still personally think they're full of shit, but that's just me. I mean, they wouldn't have that marketplace to have such a successful Fortnite if there wasn't the app store on both devices in the first place so they're Who's basically say, though, that you're not why can't you have another app store like have apple's app store to to be like the wall garden or but give an alternative for the consumer because apple has known why would apple do that you're buying an, apple, you're monopoly. Buying an apple product they're a monopoly on their own device of course they are that makes perfect logical sense i that's why i buy an apple device but it's a like phone. It, it should be no, able to do more than just apple stuff that seems well, like you're 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 crippling the technology awesomeness that could be in the phone. Yeah, sorry, I've obviously you know whose side I'm on on this one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no, it's I mean, I but as a developer in Epic, I also understand where Epic is coming from. Um, I mean, 
I don't think they're right, but at the same time, I, I mean, get you're talking that about a free-to-play game where less than thirty percent taken away by Apple, you're going to go for that too. Like I totally understand why they're doing it. Well, you're talking about a game. You know, I I I know personally as being from the development community once upon a time, I I do understand that if you're the the fortunate or unfortunate thing is the vast majority of apps today in order to make a um, make a splash you either have to have like really crazy awesome luck and have a celebrity pick up your game and talk about it or it's free to play and it catches fire and you make your money via an app now of course when you're a small freaking developer and you're you're trying to survive on that uh, you know that in-app purchase 30% of that you know where you know, it's probably like what two ninety nine per purchase. Yep. So, you know, what's what's two what's thirty percent of two ninety nine? Basically, you get two dollars. Just round it off. Fine. There you go. <laughs> I know it's not exact, but close enough. So, like, you know, for for you know a small company, wasn't there? There is a um, a graphics engine or or a, a, a game engine that basically doesn't take out a fee until the developers hit a certain uh, benchmark. You know what? I remember talking about that on the show. I don't remember what it is, but I do know we talked about that at one time. I wonder if it's Epic. My guess would probably be Unreal Engine or what's the other big one? Um, you have Unreal, you have, uh, well, it's not going to be Unity. That's uh, the one I was thinking. So it's probably Unreal or Unity. It's probably one of the two. It would be Unreal then because it wouldn't uh, be Unity. Okay. Then yeah, it's probably Unreal. Interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I I just know as a poor pleb, I just kind of sit back when billionaires fight and have a pissing match over who has the best lawyers. Well, okay, so look, at, at the end like, of the whatever. day, at the end of the day, if, you know, if anything happens, one of the possible outcomes, and I made mention of this last week, was um, you're going to see a fracturing of companies where they're all the same freaking company but they're different. That, of course, is uh, uh, the the case that comes up is the 1975, uh, 1974 antitrust case against AT&T. Uh, took over eight years to litigate and concluded with the company's breakup into multiple businesses. AT&T uh, is the part, uh, you know, uh, Warner Media, CNN, uh, you know, all those other damn companies out there, you know, if you really wanted to try hard, you could basically trace it all back to one company. Yeah, it's so it, it's going to be a fascinating fight. I mean, this could also, you know, if you think about it, the trend of online, you know, these mobile devices, mm -hmm. it's not going anywhere. Right. I mean, no. this is going to be sticking around for years and years. This really has if a hypothetical, I think we both think they're not going to finalized in court right right but if they do some alternate universe where this sets a precedent i mean that could be a huge precedent going forward if this does make it to um court uh because this has the potential to affect a you know think i mean if it do, like you know in some crazy world where you know the courts decide that yes you do have a monopoly of having one app store um, access on the device is monopolistic practice. 
that is a seismic change to how we really interact with our phones. True. If all of a sudden, if it's like, you know, in your PC, we're used to having multiple app stores, right? We're used to, you know, you got like my dock right now. I have Steam. I have Blizzard. I have Epic. I have Stardock. St- oh, God. <laughs> so like we're, dang, ah, ah, stop chewing wires. Um, so we're used to having all these like different devices on our PC. Right. Um, but, uh, Look, well, think about here, Yeah. So that's, that's what would be crazy about the mobile phones if it happens. This, this, this is what, 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 in, in a crazy ass world, here's a hypothetical, uh, uh, solution. Sure. If you are an established company, you go into the app store. If you're not, you go into an indie app store. We call it the i app store. And once you hit a certain uh, a certain number, then you transition from the i app to the app store. Well, would never here's work. a crazy question, though. Hmm. From Apple's perspective, do you think that would make any logical sense for them to do in the first place? I don't know. I don't even know if it'd no. be different percentages. Like, let's just even keep the 30% because Apple loves their Benjamins, right? Yep. What if you even had like a separate app store for like, you know, kind of like you put it, the indies versus the big boys? They would never split the app store. They might uh, uh, partition it where, you know, what, like we were saying with the, the graphics engine where, yeah. you know, you've got to hit a certain benchmark, but they would never give you... It'd be like... Ironically, this happened for, or this was uh, the case in uh, uh, in Dunwoody, Georgia. There used to be literally a Wachovia, and then two buildings mm-hmm. over, there was another Wachovia. It'd basically <laughs> be like that. It'd be like an Apple store, and yeah. then some random building, and then another Apple store. That's fair. So it's like, but each Apple store has something. It looks identical, but there's different things between the two. It'd be too confusing. The only way that you would, you wouldn't have, Apple would never have their two of their own app stores. That would be weird. And then they have the same games on both of them, but with different prices. Really mess with people's brains. Damn it. I thought I just saw it over here. Now, um, uh, just to kind of wrap up this, uh, this lawsuit thing. uh, One of the, I think it's like senior attorneys for the uh, nonprofit digital rights group, the electronic, Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation. EFF, yep. Uh, they would love to see Epic win uh, the lawsuit because they they say oh, that yeah. it would uh, allow for more experimentation and more business models so you get more innovation on how to approach purchases and, and games. Come on, capitalism at its finest, damn it. Where's your entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, in a way, the app store is pure capitalism. Yeah, but it's... With all its pitfalls and pros, it's got... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of cons that go with it because so much competition is obviously a thing. Yep. No doubt about that. Yep. I mean, we've... You know, that's obviously been an issue with Steam over the years is so so much shovelware and crap on there where unfortunately it does become somewhat a game of luck of uh, making your way to the top. Uh, like I actually just found on my phone a game that came out years ago. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really fun RPG called... Oh, God, I can't read it because of my background. Guardian Tales. Guardian Tales. Sounds uh, familiar. I'm, what's that? So it sounds familiar. 
like I'm enjoying it, but it's been out for years. And I'm like, where's this game been all my life? Um, and it's kind of one of those things where it's a whole lot better than a lot of the other crap out there. But because there's so much stuff in the app store, it's just hard to find sometimes these better games. But wouldn't you say that that's even a bigger reason why that, that this should be changed? Because you just said that the current app structure, the, the current way is you get a bunch of crap that basically floats to the top. And some of the amazing games get left behind because uh, they, they you know get washed with the, the, the crud. But they still have no, to do I'm, I'm, 30% I'm of the in-apps. I'm fine with a different app store. What I don't think is, I don't think there's anything illegal about it. So what I would prefer versus what I think should be the government dictating to what how Apple runs their app stores, two totally different things. So that's where I differentiate is I think the government has absolutely zero right to tell Apple that you have to allow other app stores on a device that Apple's developing and selling. So that's where I differentiate between what I want and what I think should be allowed or legal. All right, fine. Be that way, Zelius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's why I like my PC at home. Like, that's why I have a PC. I mean, you know, it's kind of like choices, right? That's why I have a PC at home versus a Mac. It's kind of the opposite. I prefer my PC to be able to, you know, tinker, build parts. And, you know, I have 18 different app stores and it's great. The Mac's more locked down. That's fine. Right? So it's depending on what me as a consumer, I have also different choices that I can make a conscious decision of what to do. And frankly, is it, the whole thing that gets me about the epic thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know what would make their argument a lot easier? Hmm. If they only had to name one company. The fact they're having an ad name both Google and Apple for all of these basically completely defeats their argument in my mind. I, okay. I mean, I, I could see that, but like, I also, I also see yeah. that they're, they're going, it'd be like, um, you, uh, how do I say this? Uh, it'd be like, um, someone's got a monopoly on cashews. Sure. Cashews. And the, the, the two places you could get cashews, the only two places you get cashews is Kroger Publix. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that I can only name one or the other? I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. It, I mean, this is going to be an interesting legal fight. I'm really curious to see where it goes. True. That's all I know. It's it's entertaining. Yes. So, like I, said, I mean, I can, I can see Epic's perspective. I totally get why they're doing this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, first I mean, of all... It, at the very least, it's putting a spotlight on both um, uh, Apple and Google, and you're going to have a lot of people, you know, kind of just peering at, okay, so what is their business practice? And at the very least, you know, you might have some people who, this is America. We love to sue people. So there's probably some people that are sniffing through all the the uh, the fine print to see if they could find a loophole. Um, That's true. And uh, uh, it is the Unreal Engine. Uh, it is royalty free until your game makes its first one million dollars. Hmm. So, um, uh, I mean, imagine all the game developers. I bet they're rooting for Epic in this case. Oh God, yes. Yeah, to, they, to they be, want them to win. I mean, well, that's one of the reasons why developers, you know, prefer the digital distribution platform over the retail platform because they get a bigger 
piece of the pie. Now, if you were to decrease the amount that the digital platform was taking from your already increased size of pie, that would make them even happier. And the vast majority uh, of the unfortunate thing is we're in a situation where a lot of companies, even big name companies, they make one bad game. Uh, and it could be, you know, an amazing game. It just gets squashed underneath all the crap that came out at the same time. They're going to have to close, you know? So True. because, yeah. they're, you know, what looks like, oh, it's a great deal, you know? So every $10, you know, I get seven bucks. That's that's amazing. That's more than zero. And you're like, yeah, it's more than zero. But wouldn't you like to make like eight fifty or nine? But anyways, um, now we had a question last week and I pushed it to this week. Um, and this has to do with one of the online games. I want to say it was Red Dead Redemption Online. Um, the question was, what are your thoughts uh when a developer rolls back a feature patch in an online game. It depends what the reason for rolling it back is, I suppose. If it's because of bugs and stuff, then I can understand why. Um, I'm not particularly familiar with the Red Dead Redemption 2 circumstances surrounding the rollback. I don't know uh, either, but it. you would think in, in you know the, the gamer world, you would think that and okay, let me let me just let me put this out here, ladies and gentlemen. I am about to blow your mind. There's not actually a lot of testing sometimes when shit needs to come out. Uh, they probably had a deadline, and, and something tells me that they might have overlooked something. Perhaps they weren't testing against the latest build, and when they released it, you know, there probably were a ton of uh, issues and errors and they had to pull it back. But of so course, that's what it looks like. According to uh, Engadget, that's what they're saying is okay. the patch, particularly on the PS4 and the Xbox One, um, made the glitches actually worse. So, I mean, I, I understand it. Is it kind of like, you know, does it suck as the consumer? You know, you've got this anticipation just building up. Oh man, it's gonna be awesome. This patch is supposed to open up all this new stuff. It's going to be sick. And then you get in there or maybe you, you unfortunately had to work or something. And so people get in there and you're like, oh God, I can't wait. I can't wait. And you get home and they're like, oh yeah, we had to roll it back. Now, my assumption, the article doesn't say anything, but my guess would be they'll probably fix that patch and then still release it at some point. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. it's going to be later. And later's not now, damn it. I want it now. Now, what we used to have a lot in MMOs was um, progress rollbacks. Yeah. So, like, back in the old days where you had, like, hard server, like, so as a common practice in old MMOs, like World of Warcraft, is, like, the raids would open up, like, Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So all the raids, they would all start Tuesday at 6 o'clock, which meant those particular server farms would become overloaded. Yep. And if they had like, crashing or lagging, basically there would be a rollback to be 4, 6 o'clock, so you could very easily lose progress. And that was definitely an issue at you know one time in life. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. It's what we call uh, autosave checkpoints. Mm. Um, now, there was another question that came in this week, and I just want to voice it real quick here. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, over this past week, uh, there was a social media attack on a voice actress. Uh, and basically the gist of the story is 
Um, this voice actress d has done a lot of anime work, a lot of dubbing of existing properties, of course. The vast majority of anime, of course, comes from Japan. And when it comes to the stateside, uh, there's a push to dub an American voice, or an English voice, over the, the show uh, so that people who do not know Japanese and don't want to read subtitles, lazy fools, uh, can enjoy the show. Now, uh, this person was attacked because she is going to be voicing a character that basically lives in infamy. Uh, they, uh, the vast majority of the anime uh, fandom hate this character. And so when it was voiced that she would be voicing the English version, they went after her. Um, she well, that's just dumb. Um, so let's see here. Uh, let's see, this is back. Uh, here's here's one of the tweets she sent out. I announced uh, yesterday I was going to play a character who wasn't nice. She's the antagonist. It's a story device. The dub hasn't even dropped yet. Can we at least wait until then to send messages telling me how horrible I am? Also, this was on her birthday. That's that's just stupid. It'd be like going after Jack Leeson because you really, 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 really hate Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Um, exactly. Guess what? And people, I'm sure that there are some like, people out there who are like, damn you, my brother. Like, they're fake people. I mean, the person's real, obviously, but they're like in acting a fake person that's not real. Like, But, but let, let's be honest. Some fans they believe the characters are real to them, that that world exists, yes, in, in, in like, imagination land. But to them, you know, anything that, that could be equated to that bad person, you know, um, of course. It just makes me angry. No, it makes me angry as well. You, you um, for better or for worse, there's, there's a lot of, there's, it's, it's interesting. There's uh, a bunch of people there's a bunch of characters out there for existing properties that when people say, yeah, I'm going to be part of this, people get all up in their feelings going, you know, it's a terrible character. Why would you even, why would you ever want to be a part of that? And then you have the reverse where you have actors who've basically been thrown into a specific, you know, typecast. And if they try to do anything outside of that, people come after them going, what the hell's wrong with you? You're this kind of character. You can't do this. I, I, mm. I mean, I, mm. okay. Honestly, mm. yes, there are characters in books and movies and TV shows uh, that I do not like. But I would never, personally, I would never go after someone who is going to voice that person or uh, portray that person. Um, you know, it, it'd be like... It's because you have a brain? Well, I, I believe... Well, it's more than just a brain. I think I'm able to step back and, and kind of like... You know, everyone has a job, okay? Some people's jobs are to do voices. And so why would I go after someone for being excited about getting a, like, once in a, like, you know, one in a million chance to, to add their voice to an existing successful property? Like... Oh, no, man. Crazy. I, 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 you know... A lot of people sh uh, showed love to uh, this voice actress, and um, uh, she did uh, recently come out and say, thanks, y'all. 
I'm okay, honest. The love is definitely drowning out the hate. I'm grateful for all of you and that I get to spend today doing what I love with some of my favorite people remotely, creating new projects. I can't wait to share with all of you. Let's be kind. I mean, if 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 this is what gets you off, grow up. I mean, it's... I never want to grow up. I never want to grow up. How about... I just want to be respect, damn it. Um, I know that we're tight on time, Zelius. I know that we're already over time, but I'm going to ask you one more question, then, then I'll let you skedaddle into the night. Uh, there was one more question that came out, and this was kind of an interesting one, uh, simply because it it was aimed at uh, it was aimed at me because they're like, "You're old." Um, the hair gives it away. What hair? This this is just rugged reddish, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, uh, there was a question uh, that was asked of me uh, recently uh, that said, when there is a reboot of a beloved or cult show, how much should diehard fans expect to stay the same while being new? Uh my expectation as a diehard fan would be probably none. That's why it's called a reboot. You want nothing of the, the original to be part of the reboot. No, what I want and what I expect are two totally different things. Okay. I might want to be similar with updated HD graphics, but the reality is it's a reboot, and we all know that reboots do not stay to the original storyline. That's just the reality. So everyone do themselves a mental favor Set your expectations not as the HD revolution of the original show, but rather a probably what's honestly going to be a re-imaging of that show. So yeah, it's better it's just to do the mental gymnastics talent. now, get it out of the way, and you'll be much happier in the long run. Look, here's the deal. There's there's a couple uh, shows off the top of my head that uh, people have, or or I personally have voiced uh, an opinion on that is the like the nineteen the the nineties. Teenage Mutant Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus whatever the hell this is that they they've like reimagined three times now. Um, the you know it doesn't like mean it's better. The old school GI Joe versus whatever that craptacular baloney malarkey crap movies they tried to do. Wait, The Rock was in it. It was good, man. There was lots of big explosions and pecs. What more do you need? Uh, actually, uh, you know. Don't say storyline, man. I can't have a storyline. Following line, the actual G.I. Joe storyline. Well, Come on, it's damn it. G.I. Joe is, and G.I. Joe fights and Sergeant overcomes Slaughter. Cobra. Where is Sergeant Slaughter? The, the overcome Cobra. Sergeant Slaughter, he was in the WWF. What else do you need? <laughs> Battling the Iron Sheik. Um, no, the uh, to be honest with you, I actually recently saw a reboot of a show from like the 90s, and I was actually blown away. It looks different. It's definitely updated, but it feels true to the source material. And mm. that, my friends, is the show DuckTales. DuckTales, now bad. DuckTales. Now, just to, I mean, immediately upon just hearing the opening theme song, it's its not the exact same. They've updated it, give it a little more poppy beat to it, but... And yeah, the, the art style is a little bit different, but it's still, you know, uh, Scrooge McDuck 
and the kids going on adventures for treasure hunts. And oh, Zelius, I don't know if I should tell you this or not because I don't know if mm. you need an additional TV show in your life. Mm. But DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck is voiced by the one and only David Tennant. Really? Yes. You have to tell me that? Yes. <laughs> Dude, that's not cool, man. <laughs> I had to, though. I had to. I mean, uh, I don't know. Without his hair, it's just not the same. But he he does a great job. Um, now, uh, we have uh, gone over all the topics, but I do want to... Oh, my God. I never did the shout-outs. The Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in community they in the community they collectively journey to popular convention conferences as the traveling booth to help gain attention for their games they make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset they highlight local unusual and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common they also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. This, of course, uh, our our friend um, Ron Jones is one of the driving forces uh, behind this. Uh, so we definitely love to give him a shout out. What's up, Sand Grizzle? Grizzled is yeah, present in the All house. right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I also want to take a short moment to tell you about Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. Now, as I've stated many, many, many times before, here at Chiropractic has been my chiropractor for over three years now. I shall continue to sing their praise, his praises uh, forever because he actually helps the pain in my back. So, yeah. He helps the man. Of course. Indeed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the next one, of course, is a little bit of a two-part, and that's Nerdburger Games. Uh, first of all, Nerdburger game, the Nerdburger uh, game convention starts tomorrow, uh, so you definitely need to check that out. But Nerdburger Games is a game design imprint, is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nerdburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerdburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forgo dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories um i like i said the nurburger con starts tomorrow i will be in four different um uh sessions that i'm super duper excited about uh, just how excited are you i'm like bouncing for joy my friend uh i can tell you let's see here home let, let me see if i can pull it up real quick here can you actually bounce there i bounced for you 
Yay! Which is I'm really so weird. Happy. Okay, so I've got uh, I'm I'm going to do one of the Nurburger games is a game called Die Laughing, and I'll be uh, doing that uh, tomorrow night, and then um, we we die here. Uh, is another game I'll be playing, uh, Goblina, and then finally Memories of Tomorrow playtest on Sunday. Nice. So I'm super duper. All I'm, kinds of stuff, yo. I am stoked, man. I am freaking stoked about um, about uh, getting to play these these games. So definitely at bare minimum, check out NerdburgerGames.com. Uh, yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, another shout out we definitely have to give is to our amazing stomping ground that of course is battle and brew battle and brew is atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant opened in 2005 battle and brew had a very modest menu a few beer taps and focused heavily on gaming now they have grown to encompass so much more they pioneered geek trivia in atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town they have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon to be favorites They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. And but do they know your name too? If you go there often enough, I'm sure they'll know your name. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course, since we're doing shout the shout-outs, we also have to do the, the uh, uh, you know, the obligatory Alter Confusion heads up. Uh, the first one, of course, has to deal with this amazing thing called Extra Life. Uh, extra Life. Um, Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have, we will be fundraising for Extra Life for the ninth year straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion and donate today um seriously does it have to be today the sooner the better uh i mean you could donate anytime um you know during the year but i, I would recommend that you do it sooner than later so that you can make sure that you remember to actually do it because you'd feel absolutely terrible if you forgot because it's for the kids man it's for the kids what if i um, prefer like adults Okay, that's a different discussion for another day, Zealus. Okay. Um, but anyways, um, like I said, we'll, this will be my ninth year straight. And um, uh, we, of course, have done our fundraising. Our, our specific hospital is the Children's Healthcare Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, I'm a uh, huge supporter. I've, I had to use it when I was growing up. My, all my sisters uh, and my kids have. Uh, some of my friends have. Zealus, did you ever have to go to... Children's Healthcare Atlanta? Um, I don't remember, but it's always very possible. I know that I had to take a friend there, uh, and Zelius, <laughs> Zelius was present during the injury that caused us to go there. 
But Zeely yes, didn't I go was. to the hospital with us. Uh, you guys were fine. Yeah, we're fine. All right. So anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me also tell you in a, a bit of a different kind of donation that, you know, uh, as much as much as I would love, um, you know, donation to this next thing. You know, if, if you could donate to one thing, please donate to Extra Life. The next thing is, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Uh, Alter Confusion survives on love and support of fans like you. So we have a Patreon page. Patreon allow, lets you, the fans, supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Uh, currently, there are two different tiers that uh, you could do. Uh, like I said, is a monthly uh, membership. The first one is at a dollar, and that dollar uh, tier basically, you know, it's a huge thanks to you. Uh, keeps the lights on. Uh, there's also a five dollar tier, and if you do the five dollar tier, we will add you to the uh, friends of the show part um, of our Thursday night hangouts. Aren't we all friends here? Oh, we are. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit of a surprise. Um, uh, Zelius doesn't even know about this. Uh, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, decide, if you cannot do a, uh, a monetary or financial donation to Alter Confusion, there's a couple other things you could do. Uh, the first of which is just to share, like, follow us on all of our uh, repost, all of our different social medias. I knew about this. And, um, or if you are one of those type of people who decided they need to send in some, a physical item, uh, you could do it by sending it to the following address. Uh, that is one five, five, one Dunwoody. That's D U N W O O D Y village parkway. And this is super duper important number eight, eight, two, seven, six. If you forget that number. You will send it to the post office proper, and it will not be delivered to us. It will be returned to you. That would be very sad, Joe. Very so sad. So once again, the P.O. Box number is 88276. The city is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, zip code 30338. Now, I do want to say one thing before we exit the show, and that, of course, was, ladies and gentlemen, this past weekend was Nurburger Con. It was a virtual tabletop RPG convention, which literally was a bunch of like discord channels, uh, that had, uh, time slots and you would sign up for it. And then individuals, uh, the, the people who are running the games would take you to either a discord chat channel, uh, a Google hangout, something like that. And of course, you, uh, character sheets and, and whatnot. It was very interesting. Uh, I got to play two games. I wanted to play three, four, but one I had to uh, bow out of because I wasn't feeling good Friday night, and then Saturday morning there wasn't enough people. However, I will be interviewing that developer, so be on the lookout for uh, We Die Here's developer to um, get interviewed. I uh, played a game called uh, that you definitely need to keep an eye on. It's called Goblina. What uh, kind of game is that? It is a it's a RPG set in a goblin world. Interesting. Is the, the best and easiest way to put it. Um, I'm I'm a meticulous note taker when it comes to like uh, one shots, so I have like four pages of notes. Nice. Uh, and 
And if anyone's ever uh, role-played with me on a tabletop, you know that I try to do some wackadoo crazy shit, and I was able to pull it off, and then I failed fantastically right at the end, which is par for the course. What would be the fun in not doing that? I know. And the other game that I played was, I think it's like called The In-Between. Um, it was an interesting game. Uh, it's basically you are... It's kind of like you and your team go into like a dream sequence that kind of gives you foretells of a, a problem you're going to face and then gives you kind of like uh, markers of what to look for in this actual adventure. And then you go into the actual adventure. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm good. I'm trying to line up a couple of interviews for the developers there. And then, of course, uh, Craig Campbell is already uh, made me aware that I'm going to be spending more money on his next RPG, which, of course, is good strong hands which will be uh starting its kickstarter september 26th uh, very nice so when we get a little bit closer to that i'm gonna see if i could grab craig uh at least do an interview maybe get him on the show and yes. um of course uh you know try to finagle towards an exclusive uh, version of the book because he's Ooh. actually um popping around it's not it's not definite but he is um uh kind of thinking about an exclusive hardcover at a higher dollar tier where it's like super duper high quality. You know, Ooh, like, mm -hmm. fancy. So anyways, all right. So ladies and gentlemen, I apologize that we started a little bit late and we're kind of wrapping things up uh, by jumping around a bit, but uh, Zelius will be better next week. I'm always better. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, I would like for... I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure and coming. Rose. And Rose. It's been a pleasure giving you everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming and the free world. Amen to that, brother.